This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard sometimes, and there are many pathways in navigating the inevitable ups and downs of life. In riding these waves, I look to my yoga practice and also therapy. We all go through tough times like big life changes, periods of instability, conflict, or loss. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist entirely online, which is very convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Take the questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And if it's not the right match for you, no worries. You can change your therapist for no additional charge. Sometimes getting started in therapy is the hardest part. To make it a little bit easier, go to the link provided in the show notes or go to visit betterhelp.com slash yoga and podcast today to get 10% off your first month. Welcome friends to Yoga and Podcast. This show brings the science and the magic of yoga and mind-body practices down to earth for the everyday person to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and Pilates teacher and forever student who is oh so curious about all things yoga and. I am grateful that you are here today. On this episode, we will chat with Corey Seamus. Through Corey's experience in struggling with chronic illness, and the mental health issues that come along with that, he's come up with some practical tools with overcoming overthinking. Corey will share his knowledge on the subject and will give some advice to help you overcome overthinking. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. on today's episode is fulfillment coach and yoga therapist in training, Corey Seamus. Corey, how are you today? Doing really well, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm really proud of myself for hitting record this time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So how's your day been so far? It's been pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, really hot here in Austin today. So just trying to stay cool. How about you? Uh, same, same. I went out to the lake and, you know, kind of cooled off, but um, before this, could you briefly share who you are and what you are about in the world of yoga? Yeah. Yeah. My name's Corey Seamus. Like you said, (laughs) I'm a yoga teacher. I've been teaching yoga for about five or six years now. Um, And I started transitioning, working with people one-on-one about four or five years ago. And, uh, enrolled in a yoga therapy training about three years ago to really help me apply the tools of yoga deeper in a a one-on-one more therapeutic context. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also am a fulfillment coach. So I work with people applying the tools of yoga, but with the intention of um, helping them become more embodied and resilient and really starting to live from a more heart-centered place. Yeah. So fulfillment coach, I don't, I haven't heard much about a fulfillment coach. Could you tell us more what that is? Yeah, I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, just the the scope of practice for yoga therapy is is pretty limited, and um, I want to respect that. And so sometimes my role exceeds that, and I want to work with people um, more in a coaching capacity because there there isn't a lot of that um, combining aspects to that. Mm-hmm. And so when I work with people as a coach, the intention being to really move them to that heart centered place. Um, with the goal of being to live a more happy life. You know, I think most people are trying to get to this place of feeling better. And there are a lot of struggles that come along with that. And um, I really resonate a lot with positive psychology and orienting towards uh, wellness and, and fulfillment rather than uh, constantly pathologizing and trying to mm. overcome or orient towards your shadow. Um, so that's really where that comes from. Very cool. And yoga therapy, going to yoga therapy school is no joke. I mean, that is a commitment. How many hours is it to be a yoga therapist roughly? Yeah, this program is a thousand hours uh, over three years. And we do um, 150 hours of of mentored um, client facing time, which (laughs) with with all the paperwork and forms ends up being closer to 300 hours. Wow. (laughs) A lot of red tape. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of red tape, a lot of, um, a lot of learning to integrate with, with, uh, traditional talk therapy, psychiatrists, um, physicians like, uh, like cardiologists or, you know, really, really anyone in the medical field. And there's a lot of education that has to come along with that, that you don't necessarily get in a traditional yoga teacher training. Yeah, that's, yeah, it sounds very immersive and just so much knowledge you're gaining. Um, And I'm so excited about today's topic, overcoming overthinking, which uh, I know all about. I, I definitely identify as an overthinker. So I love that you proposed this subject. What is your relationship to overthinking and how does yoga fit into that? Yeah, um, I really self-identify as a <laughs> recovering type A overthinker. I've always been really smart and motivated and there are certain aspects of my life that I've been able to really get through, you know, career-wise um, mm-hmm. and uh, really approaching a lot of challenges in my life. But I've always carried the weight of anxiety, especially social anxiety. And um, there's always been this kind of nagging feeling of things just not being quite right. Mm-hmm. And I spend a lot of time or spent a lot of time um, rearranging my life in different ways in order to try and find, you know, that silver bullet that was going to make me feel fulfilled and happy. And so, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, you know, changing careers, changing relationships. Um, I'd always kind of get to this point where I'd become overwhelmed and like, say, screw it and go travel for a couple months or move to a new city. And, um, you know, that sort of flightiness eventually caught up with me. So, um, you know, I think overthinking and, and spending a lot of time up in my head is the product of, um, you know, some adverse childhood experiences and the way our culture is really organized. And, um, 
we really value this intellectual way of understanding the world. And that's how the medical um, establishment is. It's how the therapeutic establishment is. So, um, so yeah, I found yoga actually in a period of crisis, <laughs> like, <laughs> like most people do, you know, I signed up for my first teacher training, um, after I lost the business and, um, a really significant relationship had ended. And, um, if anyone out there has been to yoga teacher training, they know that it's more of a group therapy than, than a yes. teacher training. like nine times out of 10, someone's changing careers or, um, ending a relationship or something, you know? I've always heard, I've always known to tell this to students. They'd come up to me and ask, hey, do you think I should do yoga teacher training? And I'm like, don't do it if you're happy with your life just as it is and you don't want anything to change, you know? Because <laughs> it'll for sure change. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, that's one of the reasons, the really big motivating reasons behind going into a yoga teacher training was finding that like-minded community where people were orienting towards bettering themselves and mm -hmm. establishing a spiritual practice. So yeah, it was, it was really great. Um, and I found, I found uh, teacher training when I was turning 30. And uh, after this really stressful period of my life, I developed inflammatory bowel disease. Mm. So that was kind of the crux of things for me. Um, a lot of people aren't super familiar with inflammatory bowel disease, but it's different from IBS. It's um, where your immune system starts attacking your digestive system. And oh. so you have um, uh, what would otherwise be really healthy tissue becoming incredibly inflamed. Um, you're going to the bathroom all day, every day. It's incredibly painful and isolating. And so I was in this period where I couldn't really change much of my life um, and so of my outer life. And so I really started turning inwards and, um, and making a lot of those changes and really uh, committing myself to figuring out how to get out of my head and actually be happy regardless of what's happening in my life. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that explains my relationship to overthinking. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we're gonna we're gonna dive into it more. Um, but I'm also curious about what are the common mistakes you might see people making when it comes to like things like overthinking and anxiety. Yeah, you know what I see is um, probably the biggest thing um, that I learned from yoga is that you're already okay exactly as you mm -hmm. are. And that you don't necessarily need to uh, grow or change in any way to become happy. It takes, you know, there's some effort that needs to be applied in making a few shifts, but fundamentally who you are is all you need to be. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people who end up um, trying to fix or manage or control their experience, which is a byproduct of anxiety, that tendency oh. is a very anxious behavior. And so um, even though they're applying it towards self-improvement or uh, trying to become a better person, it's actually an extension or a fundamental extension of their anxiety and tendency to overthink. Um, another thing I see is people, and I, I definitely fell into this camp, but really trying to, um, 
transcend their own humanness and the messiness of their humanness. And so rather than trying to transcend that and become infallible, I think what I've really learned is um, spiritual growth happens when you ground instead. Mm-hmm. really grounding down and learning your own path towards grounding down is um, incredibly important. Um, yeah, I'd say probably to add one more to that <laughs> uh-huh. is that um, you don't need to make big sweeping changes in order to be happy. You know, I think that's something that my own flightiness was is a hard one lesson that I don't need to move mm. city or change relationships that a lot of it is finding small, really approachable ways to shift within your daily life. Mm. So like touching on small approachable changes, daily changes um, that could make a big shift in your life over time. Uh, what, what could be some simple ways uh, one might start transitioning, say, out of their head? Yeah, totally. I think... Um, First thing would be to stop looking for more information. <laughs> oh, that's great advice. Actually. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. If, if you're struggling with overthinking, it's often not an issue of um, acquiring more information. It's more an issue of learning to integrate the information that you already have. Mm-hmm. And that's a big step, um, really, really difficult step. But most of us even have enough awareness of what our patterns are and when they come up and how they arise. And so awareness is usually not even the issue for them. The issue is finding small moments of transition throughout your day where you can really um, check in with yourself and course correct and, and make sure that you're staying in contact with your intentions, staying in contact with your body, um, and really moving from a place that resonates with your values and who you are as a person. Because without that, stress can really carry you away from those intentions if if you don't honor those transitions. So what would be an example of a transition, a small transition, like what you're talking about? Totally. There are thousands of transition points in your day. (laughs) Um, Mm. Anytime where there is, uh, you're being required to switch modes a little bit. So moving from like waking to, or uh, sleeping to waking or waking to sleeping, those are the biggest transition points. Mm. Uh, Working to eating, uh, getting up from your desk and going to use the restroom. moving from one room to the next, you know, moving from one type of work to another type of work. Um, These are all transitions that happen throughout the day that we're often really unconscious of. And without honoring them, we don't really get to place ourselves in our bodies and be in a way that um, is really in service of what's being required of us in that moment. Mm So an example of kind of using yoga in the transition point, could it be something like taking 10 deep breaths or meditating, or is there anything that you want to share, like specifically would help um, ground you in the transition? Yeah, 100%. 
So pranayama, which is breath work, is mm. usually the best way to reground because it leverages your physiology. It helps ground your nervous system back into a balanced state. And what's really cool is that when you're in balance, you're your best self. So uh, yeah. that's really the evidence that you don't necessarily need to change who you are. You just need to learn to navigate to that place where you are already your, your best self. Mm -hmm. And so I think people can tend to overcomplicate pranayama. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be anything crazy like alternate nostril breathing or anything performative like lion's breath. <laughs> really just like tuning into your breathing, trying to sense and feel ways that feel nourishing for you to breathe so that your breath can be a little bit more round, a little bit more full. Um, don't force things, don't go into it with the intention to change, but just approach it from a place of sensing and naturally you'll find your way back to grounding. I love that. That is great advice. It can be overwhelming to know how to help others during these trying times. It seems like every day there's a new disaster catching our attention and it's hard to keep up and know how to help. The Ukraine still needs our support. The war in the Ukraine has continued and if you are able, please consider donating to the organization RASM. RASM is providing critical humanitarian war relief and recovery to address the Ukraine's most urgent needs. To support RASM, go to rasmfortheukraine.org. It's spelled R-A-Z-O-M-F-O-R-U-K-R-A-I-N-E dot org. I have provided the link in the show notes. Give what you can. Hey friends, let me tell you about my favorite herbal store, Earth Commons. It's more than an herb shop. They also offer gifts, body care, massage, yoga therapy classes, and more. I highly recommend their mystery herb class. I have learned so much about herbs from this class. One of my favorite things to get at Earth Commons is their bulk medicinal herbs. I like to make it into a tea, and actually right now I'm drinking lemongrass and nettle tea, and it is so delicious. Their herbal tinctures are fantastic. I use them to help with easing tension, anxiety, allergies, and even a sore throat. It's also the perfect place to find gifts for those who are challenging to shop for. They have candles, incense, natural makeup, teas, jewelry, pottery, you name it, they got it. For a limited time, Earth Commons is giving our listeners, that's you guys, 10% off your first order when you use the promo code YOGAAND at checkout. You can find them if you're in the Austin area at 813 Springdale Road or visit them online at earth-commons.com. It's spelled E. A-R-T-H hyphen C-O-M-M-O-N-S dot com. I'll link all their info in the show notes so you're just one click away. And remember to use promo code YOGA AND to get 10% off your next order. friends. 
I just discovered my new favorite yoga accessory, Yoga Knees. This product really saved my knees. Yoga Knees helps solve the problem of those times in class when we kneel on hard surfaces like your yoga mat. Now your knees can also be pain-free with Yoga Knees. They are super comfortable and made with durable material. Yoga Knees is a high quality, built to last product. They are a woman-owned business manufactured by women and made in the USA. When you buy a pair of Yoga Knees, $1 of the proceeds goes towards St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Yoga Knees is giving you all 10% off your first order. Go to yoganees.com, that's spelled Y-O-G-A-K-N-E-E-S.com, and use promo code YOGAAND at checkout. The link is in the show notes. 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to use promo code Y-O-G-A-A-N-D to get 10% off. And we're back. What what does life look like uh, without overthinking? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's super, super useful to... Um to get a sense of what life could look like because we're so obsessed. We know the suffering that we're experiencing and mm-hmm. it's always top of mind. And so we know what we don't want, but if we don't know what we do want or what the alternative could look like, it can be really difficult to orient ourselves towards that state. So to me, what a life without overthinking looks like is living from this place of integrated intelligence. Mm. So it's not necessarily about relying exclusively on cognitive intelligence, but recognizing that there are multiple different types of intelligences. Mm -hmm. There's emotional intelligence, there's somatic intelligence, there's proprioceptive intelligence, which is something that's required for people who are in the sports field or the sports industry. And Really what I mean by intelligence is the ability to develop a grounded sensitivity to the subtlety that's happening on each of those levels. So um, if you're able to have different tools or different intelligences like somatic, emotional, or cognitive and be able to use them appropriately in different different situations, then um, life becomes a lot easier. You know, I think it's when we have emotional problems or emotional complications and we try and think about them from a cognitive perspective that things really start uh, malaligning and and not necessarily flowing as appropriately as they could. Yeah, yeah, I I completely appreciate you saying all that because, you know, for me before yoga, I just, referring back to my overthinking I, just in my head all the time. And yoga was the opportunity I had to drop down into my heart and down into my body. And my body was very intelligent. My body knew what was appropriate. And, you know, when your head gets out of the way, it, it just, yeah. you know, you can, it's just so it is, it's, it's so much, you're so much more balanced. And, and I really appreciate you highlighting that there are different types of intelligence, not just the heady one that, that, you know, our society does value the most, it seems. So Corey, can you walk us through the process of overcoming overthinking? 
Yeah. You know, I think most of the clients that I work with already have the first step, which is awareness. You know, in most cases, they have almost too much awareness, you know, this hyper aware of all of their patterns and behaviors and are constantly kind of psychoanalyzing themselves. But what they're often missing and, and is kind of the second step is seeking safety. So mm. being that overthinking is a byproduct of anxiety um, and anxiety is often the result of faulty neuroception or uh, an awareness of your, of your nervous system, of the threat level in your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to learn how to ground down. So becoming aware of your triggers, uh, developing your own grounding ritual and finding really low stakes situations to learn to stay grounded in your body and to uh, alleviate your stress response um, so that you can move through those experiences without shooting straight up into your head. Oh. And then once you kind of have that felt sense of safety, um, you're no longer really trying to fix or manage or control the situation. And you're able to drop down into your body. And this is often what happens in yoga class. And this is kind of the the third step um, that I use when I work with my clients is really building awareness of your body, increasing what's called interoception. So all of those tiny signals that you're getting throughout your day from your body that are telling you um, whether you should speed up or slow down or take a break or um, switch tasks. We often kind of steamroll through those in our day-to-day life. And, um, you know, it's not really anybody's fault, but there's not a lot of space for that in our current culture. And so really increasing that awareness of your body can help you develop that um, somatic intelligence that is really the, um, the important counter component to that intellectual intelligence. And then I, I really, from that point, help them get super clear on their values, um, explore their needs and their desires, and learn how to really communicate those from that embodied place where they're able to establish safety in relationship versus trying to figure out what exactly they need to say in order to, you know, be heard or seen or, uh, or feel safe. So that's really the, the, the basic outline of how I work with people in overcoming overthinking and, and the results have been pretty, pretty astounding. So it's super exciting to, to get to work in this area. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Would you like to play a lightning round game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so this is called rapid fire. And I will ask you questions rapidly and you will rapidly answer them. And um, it's all about your favorite things. So ready? (laughs) Okay, favorite yoga pose. Ooh, um, my favorite yoga pose is my least, was my least favorite yoga pose, but revolve triangle. I really love that one. Ooh, yeah, no one ever says that one. That's a good one, yeah, yeah. Favorite book. Ooh, um, favorite book. 
That's a tough one. It changes. Uh, can you give me a fiction or nonfiction category? Uh, let's let's do let's do like nonfiction slanting towards mind body positive <laughs> psychology in the yeah, okay um i'd say uh radical wholeness by philip shepherd is probably my favorite book and i read that yeah it's a really amazing book cool. favorite yoga teacher right now who um i mentor with jen wooten and i always love her um and her favorite yoga teacher is Donna Farhi. And mm -hmm. so, through the transitive property, <laughs> I love <laughs> Farhi as well. Love that. Yeah. Uh, favorite destination? Ooh, um, the green belt right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Favorite yoga prop? Um, yoga blankets because they're so versatile. Mm -hmm. I can make them into anything I need them to be. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite color? Uh, terracotta. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, the last question is uh, favorite type of yoga or, you know, genre of yoga? Yeah. Um, I would say restorative is probably what I tend towards restorative or yin. Cool. Nice. Yeah. All right, Corey, where can we find you online? Well, um, if you're really interested in diving deeper and working one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you can go to my website, coreysheamus.com. Um, there's no website there. It's just redirects to my scheduler. So you can pick a time and we'll, uh, we'll get together on a call and I'll get to know you and your circumstance. And we can decide if a working relationship is something that is beneficial for you and um, in alignment with me. Mm -hmm. If you just want to be kind of floating around this space and, and learning a little bit more and collecting more information, you can uh, always go to my Instagram. It's at Corey Seamus or uh, find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group that uh, I'm currently building out for this. So it's a great place to, uh, to learn more on your own terms. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Corey. It was so good to chat with you and I hope to have you back again soon. Cool. Thanks, Ashley. Take care. All right. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about yoga and overcoming overthinking with the knowledgeable Corey Seamus. Be sure to connect with Corey, check out his supportive online community, Coping with Crohn's and Colitis Facebook group. All of his info is in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with him, and I highly recommend that you do. Let us know how you like the episode. We love hearing from you. Please email us at yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out, Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. Please follow us on Instagram at Yoga and Podcast. If you like Yoga and Podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you could rate and review the show. It's what helps us reach new listeners. And while you're at it, please rate and review all the other podcasts you like too. That small act is priceless to podcasters and can really show your support. Also, I have some podcast stickers and love notes lying about if you want to email us and let us know that you reviewed the show, I'll send you some snail mail as a thank you. 
The theme song is performed by Allie Holder. Graphics, guest booking, and media by Bentley and Chloe Productions. Thank you for listening.